Guns N' Roses. Knock, knock, knock it on heaven's door. That's how he sounds, right? That's good. That's how he sounds. There we go. It's a great version. Are you ready for mixed up? Confusion. Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people And they're all too hard to please Alright, welcome to a very special episode of Mixed Up Confusion. We are going to be talking about the normal stuff that we always do. Lots of music, lots of playlists, lots of everything. But we would be remiss not to delve into something that we have actually talked about on this podcast before. Not only in a myriad of different ways, but also very specifically... Episode 15 of this, not of Mix Up Confusion, we weren't doing it then, but episode 15, if you go back and listen to it, in the recommendations, I recommended a little book called The Destructive War, William Tecumseh Sherman, Stonewall Jackson, and the Americans by Charles Royster. If you don't know, hopefully in the future, you don't know what I'm talking about and everything's fine and everyone's happy, but in the current situation, I think you know what I'm referring to, events in Charlottesville, events in in Durham, events in Baltimore, Events all over the country, in fact. I mean, people removing monuments. Our president took it upon himself not only to like sympathize with neo-Nazis, but also to complain about how history that he knows all about, culture that he knows all about, uh, and also just the beautifulness of our city parks are going to be <laughs> lost by taking down monuments. He also says that um, if we start with Robert E. Lee, what's next? We're going to take down George Washington and basically sowing the seeds that – Today it's Robert E. Lee. Tomorrow it's Washington. And after that... So really quick to touch on the book really fast. And I'm just going to throw some thoughts out there. Kelly, feel free to chime in. But I know you haven't read the book. But in the book, there's a chapter called The Vicarious War. And the, you know, to, to witness something vicariously is to not be a part of it, but to sort of live through it. And so this chapter, which a lot of people weirdly did not like, and I think that says a lot about how they read the book and how they saw this entire book as a whole. I love this chapter uh, in particular. I finished the book well after we, we did this, but I went back and I kind of reread my, um, my notes and stuff on it. It basically looks at how did the war go from this vicious incident to basically both sides a couple of decades later – shaking hands and and doing photo ops and everything. And I think it's really important for American history to know how did that happen? Because after the war, the North should have been the ones kind of putting a boot on the throat of the Confederacy forever. But in the end, the after the war, momentum was lost and certain threads started to appear. And one of the major threads was, hey, we're both white. We both fought this war. We're all so brave. I mean, look at our Confederate statues. We have muscle-bound horses that have veins popping out of their faces. And we have men who were schlubby and chubby being fucking Adonises, you know, on top of horses. This war couldn't have been fought as gracefully and beautifully, forget all the bloodshed, forget all the death, by anybody but the Anglo race. And we're scared of black people. You're kind of scared of black people. Let's band together. And you, you just look the other way. We're going to do our thing. You do your thing. And so he looks at that very, in a much more meticulous way. But if you're curious to know how we got into our state, I think that book in particular, because I've recommended it, is as much of a primer as you can get anywhere else. However, 
One thing I wanted to say is that I've seen a lot of people online getting weird about removing statues, thinking things that the president has said, which is if we take down the statue today, where does it stop? Right? Where do we draw the line? So I wanted to give a nice primer today, Kelly, for you and for everybody, not that you need it, but if you're nervous out there about removing you know, monuments or like what does it mean, I want to, to put you at ease. Thanks, Daniel. You're welcome, Kelly. <laughs> Step number one, draw a map. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Geography. I'm out. Okay. Go onto Google. Find a map. Or better yet, get like a big map like Daenerys has in Dragonstone. Ooh, a map table. Big map table. Okay. Okay. Now, you can basically grab um, Gendry's Warhammer and smash the territories that existed during the Civil War and smash the entire north. Take those off your board. Any Confederate monument in in the historical north, including... Maryland, which is in Baltimore, got rid of their stuff. Baltimore was like a hotbed for secession activity, even though it was a free state. Get the fuck rid of it. Goodbye. Everything's gone right off the bat. Uh, If you have Stonewall Jackson, P.T. Beauregard, Lee, Cooper, Justice Taney, Chief Justice Taney, who uh, gave the majority decision on the Dred Scott decision, Mm. which, you know, said slaves had to go back to their masters. Um, He was from Maryland. He died before the Civil War ended. And he died on the same day that Maryland abolished slavery. So nice little coincidences. I'll get to that a little bit later. But if there's anything in the north or in the territories or anything that's not in the historical south, remove it. Simple. So now we've got all that off the board. Number two, let's go into the south. Let's focus on somebody like Robert E. Lee. Uh, But this extends across the board. Take any one of these generals. Take any one of these people. Um, Simple question. What is the historical basis for this monument? That's a question you would ask yourself. What is the historical basis for this? Uh, meaning that, did Jackson fight here? Did Lee fight here? Did Cooper fight here? Did the Johnstons fight here? If no, and there's a statue of them, get them gone. <laughs> Somebody weirder like Jefferson Davis, that's where you start to question it a bit. So Jefferson Davis, it's like having a Lincoln statue everywhere. Lincoln, it's fine. Not only did we win the war, so Lincoln could go wherever the fuck he wants to go. But Jeff Davis, right, he could take a shit in a field in Alabama and they could erect something because he took a shit in a field in Alabama. Jefferson Davis, in a historical context, would exist in Louisiana, you know, where it was where he was stationed. He would exist in Richmond. That's what I'm talking about. So it's not really where did they traverse because Lee, you know, trained in Texas and he like went down to Georgia to like look at fortifications like if that's the basis for like, oh, we can put a Lee statue because he was in Georgia at one point, fuck that shit. Let's get context and let's do it right. So in this case, somebody like Robert E. Lee, who led the Army of Northern Virginia, would take place in Northern in Virginia, right? So let's give it that and let's do that for everybody, right? So we're not taking down any more statues. We are putting people historically where they are. Step number three, our job is done. It's now up to you to talk about the history, talk about the history with your community and figure it out. Uh, being from Virginia, you would start to talk about Chancellorsville, Fredericksburg, Cold Harbor, the Wilderness. All of these places are major historical battles. We have parks around pretty much all of those places. And that's what I'm talking about. Context, creating context. Uh, where are these being presented and what story are they telling? If they're in a, if they're in a national park or they're in a museum, something like that, that's where I'm drawing the line right here. So we are going down this path to basically get to the final step, which is where do we draw the line in the sand? 
Monuments are different than memorials and historical markers. And I think Donald Trump equates the two as being one. We don't learn anything from a statue of Robert E. Lee looming over, um, you know, to make sure that everybody's in line. You know, these were put up to intimidate people. These were put up to laud a history of a war that they lost. It's like having Hitler statues in Nazi Germany. It doesn't make any sense. Historical markers give you a fuller picture of a place. I'm a sucker for those. I love them. And I would be livid if they were destroyed. Monuments, however, are context to Confederate history. They are celebratory. They are not history. They are hagiography. And Donald Trump, who thinks that Andrew Jackson was a part of the Civil War, has learned nothing from these monuments existing. And I think if our president, who who touts the historical veracity of looking at a guy on a horse and learning history, learned nothing, then we should all realize there's no point to having it. Also, monuments, I think, are made for the people in the time that they're in. People back then wanted these things to intimidate black people. They wanted them to remember their grandpappies and their pappies who fought in the war, and they wanted to live this other life that they did not have and to feel like they were oppressed and they were the – they were you know the problem was the government, the big government. The problem was everything else. When these monuments come down, in a perfect world, something else would come up that would be – more informative or tell a different story, a story that doesn't revolve around war, that doesn't revolve around violence, that doesn't always have to harken back to the lost cause and all of this bullshit. And personally, I would suggest, why don't we in- invest in telling the stories of the people who made the communities in which we live? That's what I would suggest. And I would also suggest getting involved with people who are trying to do radical things like putting – there was a guy a couple of years ago that wanted to put a placard out. Um, on every single site where there had been a lynching since 1865. He had had mapped out every site that he could verify that a lynching had happened to tell that story. And, you know, like the, he tried to get the big museums and everything involved. And there was weird pushback against doing it because again, most of those monuments were going to be in Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia. Of course it was. And that fear of telling the, the truth and couching behind these giant veined monstrosities, horses, are says everything you need to know about the people that really are afraid of themselves and afraid of what history is actually going to tell them. And that's why they cling on to people like Donald Trump and people that just want simple history. He, he has no idea what the Civil War is. He couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Um, but he says all the right things because he knows exactly what to say, what buttons to press. And so I think if you're if you feel weird about statues coming down, take my steps. Historical North, no no monuments, obviously. Uh, Confederate statues, they are ahistorical. You got to get them removed. Contextualize everything. Listen to historians, and I mean real historians who actually know things, things beyond who won a battle, whatever. You know, you always have that weird guy in in these towns that like knows the minute of every battle. That guy does not come. Stay home. <laughs> Stay home. We'll get you when we get the, the whole thing going. But we need to have people that know the social history, the economic history, um, that are actual historians, not people that are making you know light of, of these scenarios. And also, as I said before, with Chief Justice Tanney, mockery, I think, is, is a powerful weapon. And I think making fun of somebody like him, dying on the day that Maryland, his home state, that he tried so hard to become the, the hate that was in his soul – they abolished slavery on the day that he died. That's juicy. That's delicious. Throw that shit in his face. Take those examples of bitter, terrible people in this world and mock them. And I don't say that lightly. I have a degree in history. I love public history and I support it. But I think that 
if you want to teach people stuff, that's a lesson. That's a lesson. Even if it's a karmic lesson or you draw your own conclusions, you hate, this is the type of shit that's it's going to get you. So any thoughts on any of that? Um, I mean, it's all, it's all racist. People don't want to be called racist and like it's uncomfortable for them. Weird. Yeah. And somehow they can ascribe that to the same feeling that it is to actually be persecuted, which it is not. No. Um, but they love it. They love to feel persecuted oh, for having man. their statues. I can favor, man. <laughs> and I think you hit the nail on the head when it's like, I want They they want to identify with these people that had to actually struggle because they don't have any legitimate struggles. Because guess what? You actually have all the power. The people that don't have the power that have had to fight for it, that have had it taken from them, are the ones that should be like venerated, that should be celebrated, not the people that were trying to keep them down. And these are monuments to keeping them down. Absolutely. So it's and that's why I call I on understand. people in the South and the historical South. If you're listening to this. Stand up for for this shit because it doesn't matter what your grandpa or three generations down. It takes one generation to wipe out all of the hate and bullshit that came before you. You do not have to be your father's son. You do not have to be your grandpa's daughter or granddaughter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's another story. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to do any of that stuff. You can be the change that – I'm not going to say that. That's corny. But you don't have to be that way. It takes it takes one person to change an entire generation or two or three of the t- type of horrors that have existed in where you are growing up right now. Yeah. Oh, and the one last thing about the the lynching idea that mm-hmm. that's like having markers to everywhere somebody's been lynched is fucking amazing and should be done. And of course, it makes you uncomfortable. That's the fucking point. Absolutely. Because you should be uncomfortable until this isn't a problem anymore. And even if that world never exists, leave them up. Talking about Germany. They have fucking markers to mm-hmm. everywhere people were snatched, everywhere people were like terrible crimes happened against Jews mm-hmm. in Germany. There's a fucking marker so that when you walk down the street, you can you know. see the names of people on the bricks that died because of fucking Nazi bullshit. And we should have a marker everywhere in the South that Nazi bullshit has happened and continues to happen exactly. so that we can stop this shit. Amen. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's 100% true. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the difference between a monument and a public marker – Something telling you the history of a place yeah. is vital. That don't take that away. Like don't don't. It, you know, I think a lot of people are like, even as a joke, people bring up like Sherman. Sherman marched from Atlanta to the sea and he burned everything down the line. Atlanta was taken completely to flames. There is no statue of Sherman lording himself over <laughs> all of Atlanta. Although, the ashes of Atlanta. as well, no, but they have a very famous statue of Atlanta rising from the ashes, like a, as a phoenix. The phoenix rises from the ashes. Beautiful. And also sentimentally correct. It rose from bullshit and it rose from racism and terribleness and a backward ass city to become an international city, a city that accepts everyone. Uh, And you go to it's a modern American city. You would not be out of place there as you would be anywhere else. Whereas you go to some southern cities, you feel like this is you're in a different world. Um, But you don't see a statue of Sherman lording himself over. You, you don't even see a plaque. I found that they just in 2015 put a plaque of his march to the sea. Like that's that insularness where you don't even want to – you don't even want to admit that like you lost. You lost. You got your shit burned and you want to equate something like that Sherman did. Jackson and Sherman are the same people. They're, they're fighting that same modern war. We know that war. That's what we should be talking about is how monstrous we were to one another back then and how monstrously we've kept continuing and it's gotten to each other and it's gotten worse. 
and it got worse with World War One, and it got worse with World War Two, and God knows what the next thing will be because it'll be the end of the human race. That's the only alternative from you know where we are right now, and I just don't want that to happen to us as as Americans. Like we should all want better than this, and I think the majority of this country does not accept that version of history and getting rid of bullshit statues of losers is something that everyone should rally behind. So I, I absolutely encourage you to do that. This goes back to something that we've, we're obviously, we also do a game of Thrones podcast. We're right in the thick of game of Thrones. They're coming out with a, a show called Confederate. Obviously this is fucking tone deaf as shit. This is so fucking dumb, stupid idea to do. Um, I think the further we get from it, the worse shit gets, the more stupid it seems. Yeah. Um, and obviously some people are way more snapping right to it. Um, I'll admit that I thought it was dumb, but didn't quite come around as hard as I am now. Don't fucking watch that fucking show. And I'm sick. I'm sick and fucking tired of all these dystopian fucking novels that take place in like the real world. Like if you're going to like do some weird like – I don't know, social commentary. There's so many There's so many books like that. I think that it's just like so corny. Why don't we do a fucking history where Lincoln survived and Reconstruction happened and it wasn't just eight years where black people got to rule and things were normal because the North was committed to racial equality. Like, And why don't we imagine that they didn't leave? Why don't we imagine a world where that kept going and black people and white people and all people in the South in particular but also in the North and everywhere else – kept striving to make a better world. Why can't we write a fucking story about that? Why does it always have to be some hypothetical third civil war bullshit that's not real and is only meant to like prey on our emotions in the current time? I, I hate that shit. Fuck that. That's why we go to dragons, man. That's why we go to dragons. But for me, dragons are just as hypothetical as black people governing themselves in South Carolina. Like that's, that is as, as fantastical of an idea in this country, this day and age, than, than dragons are in Westeros. So why can't we fucking do it? Whereas the Civil War, probably more realistic than anything else. A little too on brand, Benny Weiss. People also ask, where are our heroes going to come from? About this? About this. Where Robert E. Lee are our heroes? Oh, George Washington even. You know, this idea of getting George Washington away. Where are we going to find our heroes? Well, I'm going to say if your heroes are the people who elevate themselves into power over other people or enslave other people, get better fucking heroes. And why don't we start with Joe fucking Hill? Why don't we start there and work our way through actual people's history and not do this fucking on high bullshit with these generals and you know all the war that this country has created? Why, why do we venerate them? Why do we venerate a narcissist like Donald Trump. No, start at the bottom. Why don't you venerate your parents or your mentor or your family, your friends? Those are your fucking heroes, not Robert E. Lee. That's not your fucking hero. So our playlist. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's my two cents. I, not to be crazy about it, but I, I'm, I'm passionate about public history. I'm passionate about history. I think we don't learn enough from it and we don't. It's more than sound bites. It's more than tweets. It's more than any of that. Like we can be snarky and funny, but... I think we also need to take it seriously because we've got to change some things. Because shit is serious. Very serious. serious. Very serious. Very serious. So you know what else is serious, Kelly? No. Florida. (laughs) Oh, man. So we we did a – Road trip. Road trip through Florida from Tampa up – we did not. On our playlist, we did a road trip (laughs) from Tampa – was it Tampa to Tallahassee to – Jacksonville. Oh yeah, Jacksonville. Oh god, uh, down to uh, <laughs> down to St. Augustine, and then um, we got really, really drunk and drove down to Miami for no reason, no reason at all. And then we decided this is it, jumping in the water, and we just called it a day. All right, so we start in in Tampa. 
Um, well, we start with Bob Dylan, of, of course. Always Bob Dylan. St. Augustine, which kind of we were dreaming of St. Augustine. Could have taken the more direct route, but we took the we took the long way. It was great. We we listened to See America First uh, by a great band called the Mountain Goats. I recommended their album Tallahassee. We're not really going to get into it because I ended up really not listening to it that much, kind of in my mind's eye as things were happening this week. Because this week, as you might have heard, it's kind of a bullshit week. Um, but that song is great. Uh, the Mountain Goats are yeah. one of those bands that I've kind of I like a few songs here and there, but they're too prolific mm-hmm. for me to get in. Get in, but it's like. Best ever death metal band out of Denton. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to make it through this year. Solid. And this was, I think, right before All Hail West Texas. So these were the two. These are really the two that are kind of so, like, telling a telling a full total story. How do you get to Tallahassee from Tampa? Got to take that I-75. Although I think that the version of 75 that Betsy Ross is taken is very different than Florida. Very north, yeah. Very north. So Betsy Ross. Like Tennessee, right? I mean, just... I didn't catch all the references. Oh, it goes all the way through. I thought it was way up there, yeah. It is. It's in Ohio. Okay. Well, I wanted it to be in fucking Florida. 75 goes all the way from Fort Lauderdale. How many times have you been on 75? A million billion. I don't think I've ever been on 75. Oh, my gosh. Well, not that stretch of 75, probably. Yeah. It even goes, yeah, it goes goes way up there, man. Yeah. But um, living in Lake City, I had to go down 75 all the time to get to anywhere. Yeah, you out yourself. Anywhere. I know. I'm gross. I'm sorry, everyone. Betsy Ross, what a great song. And uh, what a great little album. Yeah. Um, the album's called Dead Wild from 2015. Mm-hmm. Really amazing. Um, it's that driven, like, melancholy rock that I'm really into with <laughs> Lady Front Singer. Yeah. Uh, they are from Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so that's probably worse. Yeah, all the way out there. Because they're actually talking that is about Columbus, Cincinnati. Yeah, I know since I'm from Cincinnati. Yeah. That's right. God damn it. Yeah. Um, but they, just so you know, because this should air before then, I think. This will be the day before. On August 25th, they'll be playing at... King Avenue 5 in Columbus. You should go see them, man. Because they are badass. And if they were playing here, I would go see them. So free Get press. on 75. What is up, Betsy or us? <laughs> amazing, amazing. Then we started our Florida portion of the playlist with a uh, classic, Modest Mouse. I love the song. Oh, I love the song. Yeah, that record's hit and miss. Didn't we see Modest Mouse? Oh, yeah, we did. Music Fest Northwest. Jesus, yes, I wrote. <laughs> we saw them at Music Fest Northwest. Yeah. In 2015, yeah, it was a lot of fun with Tallest Man on Earth. That was like right before I left. Yeah, yeah, that was right before, yeah, at the waterfront. That was awesome. It was great. Um, and then we go to the city of Ocala. Ocala? Ocala. Ocala. Oh, what a shithole Ocala is. Oh, nice. So it's funny, like, <laughs> City of Ocala by A Day to Remember. A Day to Remember. Uh, Ocala sucks, but <laughs> everyone can kind of relate to the idea of being home. Yeah. You know, this is what they're talking about. Like, it's our shitty hometown, but here it is. It's like a pop punk song. Yeah. Um, I put Ocala is best known for being on the way to Orlando. <laughs> That's the one thing you can say. I think about that Ocala. they would probably probably agree yeah. very much with that. Uh, and then from Ocala, we get to the only good place in all of Florida, Gainesville, Florida. Oh shit! The best place. That's right, Tallahassee, Jacksonville. You're on notice. I don't know if they're good. South Florida. I mean, Tampa Bay Peak's cool. Nah, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, no, is whatever. Not. I guess Naples is cool. I never really hung it's out there. Nope, it's the not. West Coast. None of the, the West Coast. <laughs> None of that's true. Gainesville is the only place to go. We delve into Gainesville. We delve into Gainesville in a lot of ways. Against me, it's like three times on this playlist. <laughs> okay, yes. They are Gainesville, but also uh, Hot Water Music. Yep. Great inspired choice. Is there any reason for that song? Well, because yeah, I didn't. I went to this. One day I was like, oh, my God, I need to listen to every indie record that ever happened in the 90s because I was like, you know, that's my jam. Yes. So I just went through this huge pitchfork list of, like, the best 100 oh, records. Forever and Canada? What's the album? I don't even know if it was on there, but you had come into my, like, office area when 
uh, I was looking at this stuff, and you're like, yeah, man, fucking Hot Water Music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And then we're talking about different punk bands and stuff, and I listened to them, and I was like, oh, my God, these first two records are fucking amazing. And the yeah. rest of it is, like, not for me. But <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's right. They're from fucking Gainesville. Yeah. So, well, the choice you chose is, like, they have a song called City of Gainesville. That Gainesville, it would have been. No, I picked More it because but I love this it. is a band from Gainesville, and the song is called August something. What, uh, what was it? Oh, for the Hot Water Music song. No way. It was called August? Oh, I guess I'm stupid. I, I just thought it was a random song. No, like, This yeah. song is a deep cut. This is not a song anybody would ever go for. That's great. You don't actually don't know what the, you have your thing. Oh. I'm looking up, too. Oh, sorry. I can't that. believe I just didn't even think about this. This is crazy. But sorry, like, you were trying to get to the Less Than Jake song, I'm pretty sure. But I just no, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, they have a song also called, I think, Gainesville or City of Gainesville. And I was like, I'm surprised you didn't go with that. Yeah, because Less this, Than Jake's the City of Gainesville, yeah. Right, right. But it's Hot Water Music. Hi, hate Mail comes in August. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't catch the August Augustine reference. Okay. What album is that on? Uh, Fuel for the Hate Game. Fuel for the Hate Game. So we have City of Gainesville from Less Than Jake, who's from Gainesville, and it's very an apropos song about Gainesville, go figure. And then we have a band from Gainesville also, Hot Water Music, with a song that's called Hate Mail Comes in August, because St. Augustine, my friend, that is a twofer. That is definitely a twofer. really great well i was like it's got to be off the first two records because i don't give a fuck about the rest of them right free radio gainesville yeah southeast first yeah this no division which is i think their third or fourth third fourth oh you're looking for that one yeah no really 2001 flight and a crash that's when things go very differently but from no division forever and counting feel for the hate game and finding the rhythms dope all of those anyways august great i get it now otherwise <laughs> what a deep cut didn't recognize it off first because it's not like one of the one of the big ones but they're great uh, their basis is fucking incredible. His bass lines are just sick. He's all over the place. Awesome. City of Gainesville, probably my favorite Less Than Jake song. Oh, yeah? um, their it's record, fun. The State of Florida, or yeah, this, I think it's called The State of Florida. Or no, it's called GNVFLA, Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, the G-N-V-F-L-A. name of the record. Um, fucking awesome. Great record that came out of nowhere. Um, they had been having a rough couple of years at that point. I think that was 2000, I want to say 9, 10, when that came out. Um, great. Our city of Gainesville, what a great song. We have our master plan, bottled and canned, living in the 352. Steps one and two, rock home drunk, wake up confused, with a stranger next to you. The copy costumes and conversation seem to be Alcohol. Student loans spent at the mall tonight. 
I just love the... And also the lyrics are great. Just like sitting on a porch in the afternoon, just getting drunk at the mall and just going, doing nothing. Living that Gainesville summer. Exactly. So fantastic. Love, love Lesson Jake. And then a little, little band, Tom Petty. Never heard of the Heartbreakers. Also Bob Dylan connection. Bob Dylan, not only part of the Wilburys, but also uh, when Bob was at his lowest in the 80s, the Heartbreakers took him on. So they would do tours for years. Actually a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh. Tom Petty's like one of the bands like my dad listened to all the time, so I kind of grew up with Tom Petty. I had no idea that he was from Gainesville until a couple of years ago, and I was like, it all fucking makes sense. In the song that I picked from Tom Petty, "American Girl," he's talking about 441, which I've driven on also many times. Nice, goes east and west. Through. Did you have "American Girl," "American"? Did you play the song while what? you were driving? Have I listened to the song "American Girl" in Florida driving on 441? Probably yes. Nice. I confused myself because I thought it was "American Woman." Oh. But that's Lenny Kravitz. And so I just stopped the sentence there. Yeah. And I just kept pushing forward, which sounded terrible. So I'm glad you at least <laughs> knew what I was saying. An astronautalist. Yeah, did that, you put that on there. So I put that on there. He's from Gainesville. Oh, really? I only put him on there because of that. Um, POS is dope. And also, Smithstreet Band. What's up? Going on tour. And most of their tour, uh, the Flatliners are going to be on the West Coast. And then Astronautalist is going to be with them for pretty much the entire rest of the country. So Cool. I really like that song, actually. Yeah, it sounds um, great. POS is awesome. It reminds me a lot of Atmosphere, which is a rapper yeah. I also enjoy. Um, but the dude, the weird droney voice sounds a lot like King Missile, who does uh, Detachable Penis. He's got a really weird voice. And uh, the Diamond Knights guy, who did The Girl's Attractive. Just that weird, like, kind of low voice. Oh, I guess I don't even know what you're talking about. That's okay. It's not important. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and then we take a turn. We turned from uh, – we could have just gone right to – we could have gone right to St. Augustine, but instead we said – Detroit, I wanna, Jacksonville. I want to go to Jacksonville. Oh. And on the way, we put on – Murder capital of the South for like a lot of time running. Nice. All right. Well, Richmond's got you up there too. Uh, All in the Family by Corn Slash featuring Fredericks. Too bad, I got your beans in my bag You stuck up sucker, corny motherfucker Taking over flows as a limp Pimp, need a biscuit to save this group from John Davis I'm gonna drop a little east side skill You best step back, cause I'm a kill I'm a kill, so what you thinking Mr. Raggedy Man Doing all you can to look like Raggedy Ann Check you out, punk Yes, I know you feel it You look like one of those dancers from the The band, thank you, Jacksonville, for Olympus. <laughs> I didn't really listen to this song like the first time we did it. I skipped right over it. I was like, I'm just going to let this ride. That's fine. That's fine. You convinced me, Jacksonville. Funny. Then listening to it fully for the first time and then listening to that song, I was like blushing. I am not – I mean I'm cursing it up. I'm like going nuts. That is like one of the most offensive songs I've ever heard in my entire life. It's horrible. It is a terrible song, like to the point where not only is it like absurd even then, but like it is so moronic and so childish and so cliche. Like it's not even not even funny. Like there's nothing about it that's even mildly interesting. Not even as an artifact for like the kind of hyper masculinity of fucking new metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. Like I th- bad. I think the best part about the song is that it's that you can sing all the words. Well, yes, I, I, I have an embarrassing past we've discussed, and this is a corn podcast, so it's all over, apropos. But uh, well, it's going to be more of a corn podcast in a moment. <laughs> uh, 
it, it's like they're making fun of each other in the song because I guess so. Corn's first album came out in '94, I believe their self-titled album, yeah. and the Olympus, I guess, had a lot of shade thrown at them because they were basically ripping off Corn. So they did this cool. song as kind of like a meta commentary on that that feud that they never had. Um, they're it's, so deep, but it's like two fucking trash pandas fighting over old corn. Yeah, there you go. I said corn accidentally again because that's the name of the band. But yeah, see that, that corn with the sea though. So. Corn with the sea. Okay, <laughs> two trash pandas fighting over trash. Over that's trash. What it <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, and then we have to be the ones that listen. Yeah, I thought that I would not be if I couldn't critique this fairly if I didn't listen to. All of them. I can't believe you did this. I know. I'm really. This week was really fucked up. <laughs> really fucked up in the head. So I did a lot of dumb shit. And this was one of them. So I listened to the a couple of the songs you mentioned, but also the highest rated song on each corn record. <laughs> you stopped, you said, in 2002. Yeah, the last couples. album I listened to, like repeatedly enough that I was actually in and knew most of, most of the songs by heart kind of thing was Untouchables. Okay. I, in, like that means nothing to me. Yeah, so so fourth, at the time, now it means way too much. Or fifth? Shit, I don't know. Anyway. Anyways, so let's go through. You, you're probably going to recognize these. Uh, I started with Corn, 1994. Blind. Nearly 14 I million. See, I see, I'm going blind. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> the new metal riffing I was used to. Yeah. So that felt very good, very familiar. Uh, very ineffectual, very fine. It was only downhill from here. But then, I, okay, you know the song. What the fuck is up with the ending? Where it just like... All of a sudden, a bass starts, and then we get like weird the weird outro. Oh yeah, it's got like, then, like a weird it's got funky the, fun thing. Wow, yeah, guitar, and then it's done. Yep. What? What? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Thanks, Fieldy. I thought I thought that All in the Family was bad. Off of 1996, Life is Peachy, nearly 12 million listens. Adidas. All day I dream about sex. And I just cringed because I remember that from like middle school. Adidas meaning that. Mm-hmm. He wrote a song about it. That's pathetic. And that was one of the shittiest things. Uh, 1998, followed the leader, 66 million listens for Freak on a Leash. Yeah, that's surprised. And I remember TRL, too. Uh, bringing it back. Uh, gotta say, great chorus. The song is fucking good. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, I totally forgot about that. Boom, chaka, ba down, ba down. With whoever fucking playing the bass with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to move on from it because, like, that shit's dope. Uh, falling away from me. Weirdly, I do remember that song too. Ninety nine, thirty two million listens. Very uh, generic, you know, just kind of a generic rock song. Doesn't really feel so new metally or whatever. But we're still in the era. It's we didn't really talk about pedophilia in that song, so it's a little more mainstream. It was more mainstream. Yeah, we're not really going so deep. Um, and then off of two thousand two's Untouchable, eighteen million listens. Here to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that was the single off that. I one. heard that one too. Yeah, it's uh, it's fine. He sounds tired. <laughs> he just sounds like he's really bored. Really? Even when it's like, bring me down. I'm here to stay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. There Jesus. you go. Yeah, like, you almost fell asleep trying to do that. <laughs> uh, okay. And then I listened to two songs because I couldn't stop myself off of 2003's Look in the Mirror. Uh, almost 13 million listens for Y'all Want a Single. Say something. Which was 
just abysmal. I mean, yeah. just not even interesting. In the same way that All in the Family, we can go into meta commentaries and be fun, and that's more about us than it is about Jonathan yeah. David. He's not thinking about that. And then I listened to Play Me featuring fucking Nas. Now that shocked me, and it's sad because I'm sad <laughs> for Nas. Uh, that was really, really bad. Um, and then I listened to two songs off of 2005's See You on the Other Side. I listened to Coming Undone, which is 38 million listens. I did hear that. And then because you said Twisted Transistor, I didn't know what you were talking about, but I saw those two words together mm-hmm. later, so I put it on the playlist. Isn't there a rapper 24 on million. One, uh, no. Oh, I, think, I was thinking something else. No. Uh, the best review, however, I do want to read this review of the album itself. This is great. In middle school, my friend Chris got the CD, and I tried showing him my brother's Pixie CDs, but he didn't like it, and soon thereafter, we stopped hanging out. And then we, after we graduated high school, Chris got arrested for armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best review of a record possibly ever. Oh, Amazing. my God. I mean, there is a direct correlation between listening to the Corabble and getting arrested for a Yes, absolutely. Coming Undone is fucking boring. And even though it has some claps in it, I I told myself, no, I'm drawing a line here. This, I'm not, not going you're not going on my clap, 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 claps playlist. Nope. So no way. Uh, Twisted is very dancey and is fine. Uh, as the first song on the record, it's like, I guess, getting me in the mood for something. I don't know like um, but like in the background I would probably still be like this is weird but I wouldn't think twice about it it sounded pretty just mainstream rock at that point Um, and then I thought this music is made for young people like that's it it's not made for adults like the the artwork susses that out they're looking for kids and also everybody's looking for kids on the covers where you have like adults looking through like the playground in the first corn record Mm -hmm. You got the girl in the swing and then the weird shadow over her. And then in, I think, Corn 3, whatever, take me away from what I don't Follow the leader uh, has like a girl playing hopscotch, I think. Yeah. Oh, the, the, but there's no predator. That's true. At least like at least that you could see on yeah. the cover. But, but then the other one was the guy like from his car window, like looking out and like talking to some little tiny girl. It's like, yes. yeah. And, you know, obviously Jonathan Davis is like, but he's been stuck on that shit for so long. Mm-hmm. He needs some therapy because this isn't yeah. working as therapy. Which music can be. This is not working. I listened to Evolution off of 2007's Untitled. By far the lowest amount of listens. Only oh my 6 God, million. You're only in 2007? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The best review of this ever, uh, Mr. Terry Bazio, who is the protege of Frank Zappa, is now Uh-oh. sleepily hitting the snare for Jonathan Davis, who has his head so far up his own ass that he could devour his face from the inside. Holy shit. Although to my horror, it actually wasn't him, the guy from Frank Zappa playing the drums. It was fucking Brooks Wackerman from Bad Religion playing the drums. I know. We only played on that one. What is happening here? And that song has auto-tune. I don't know, man. It's really bad. Uh, do you, the album I'm talking about, 2010's Corn 3, Remember Who You Are. No? 2010? Dude. The song is called Oildale, Leave Me Alone. No. Uh, creepy covers. The song is better. It's got a good chorus, just so you know. Uh, and then there's a song called Narcissistic Cannibal. Sure. Uh, featuring Kill the Noise and Skrillex. Sure. Off of 2001's The Path of Totality. 41 million listens. Everyone you, hates this album. I officially know more about Corn than I do. Right now? And I've listened to their first four albums multiple, multiple times. Wow. That's bad. (laughs) The lyrics in this, and again, this is from 2011. uh, Sometimes I hate the life I made. 
that's the first. That's how. He Ooh, self awareness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's getting there. He's getting there. Uh, it's catchy, but obviously very divisive. Nobody liked it because it was all like dubstep or whatever you know oh, which yeah. is popular because he's a dubstep dj also he has an alter ego that he is a dubstep dj i hate everything just so I, you know i promise you i'm almost done who opens for corn no yes no. john davis as his alter dj ego has opened for the band corn that he is the front man of just keeping it in the family that's good uh, never never from 2013's the paradigm shift this is the one that head came back on Oh yeah, had nine, to be a Christian. Yeah, well, he's like still a Christian, but he, nine million listens. Not they're moving down from sixty six. Still nine million. Uh, by far the most show. melodic corn I've ever listened to. So, <laughs> 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 your best experience. Oh shit. <laughs> My best experience. And then finally, I'm sorry. We'll put everyone out of their misery. Rotting in vain from 2016's The Serenity of Suffering. Fifteen million listens. So we're moving up. I can't believe they made it all uh, last year. Yes, yeesh, I feel like we've gone in full circles in this nonsense because it does sound a lot like the original corn, um, for what it's worth. Uh, he says, quote, your tears would arouse me and refresh me. Cool. Um, so he's still writing like that. He also goes back into the boom, you chicka chicka boom thing. Nice. Um, that made you famous once upon a time. And, of course, the cover has a little girl carrying the corn doll from the first corn um, going into the haunted carnival, which is completely on brand. Then I thought I couldn't get away from corn without listening to Limp Bizkit. So I continued down my path of terribleness. Now, this one is way less involved because, unfortunately, the first naughty word CD I ever bought was Limp Bizkit's. $3 bill? No, the other one. Break Significant stuff. Other? Is that what's called? Significant Other? $3 bill, Significant Other, hot dog flavored water. Chocolate yeah, starfish chocolate starfish. Yeah. No, the middle one. Something the one with other. Nookie on it. Yeah. Because I had to. Um, important note for Limp Bizkit is that they're fucking terrible. Very important to know. Important. Uh, and also that their biggest songs are covers of other songs that are better than theirs. So I guess it would be nice. Fuck that. Um, Roland, Break Stuff, I wrote those two songs, which I was super into when I was listening. I've not listened to those songs in like a decade. Um, are just so hard to hate more than yourself while you listen to them. So <laughs> that was good. So you, you felt like you were alive. If only for a moment. Uh, and then and then there's a song called Eat You Alive, which is gross. Yeah. Uh, he quotes, he says, I'd love to sniff those panties. Um, he's a disgusting human being. And then they try to come back. Um, there's a song called The Propaganda, which is ripping off Rage Against the Machine. Um, and it's fucking horrible. And then I said, can I go back to corn now? And I was done. <laughs> and then finally I got to Gold Cobra, that 2011, was. their last record. Yeah. Fucking garbage. Like – they're fucking terrible. And then they have a new record coming out this year. Uh, I forget what the name of it. I don't fucking care. On Cash Money Records. Blows me away. Who would sign these people? Cash Money, apparently. God, I guess Lil Wayne's like, I got deep into Cash Money, by the way. I had no clue. 
that they had all of them on there. I Drake, thought, Nicki Minaj. I thought this I mean, was Birdman, again, yeah, that's PG obvious. and that's it. Mystical. I thought everyone just left. Oh. Really, it's all about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne props that up because yeah. he said he's suing him for like $65 million right now. Who is? Uh, Lil Wayne suing Birdman. Oh, shit. For keeping the Carter five, I think. Yeah. Crazy. I don't even understand it because he's just like releasing mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. And then Lil Wayne went to title on his last thing after he got out of prison. And I, and then I guess Birdman countersued him. So like they just like oh, litigation. Geez. And Lil Wayne said, if I – when I win this, when I win this, I'm taking Nick, Nicki Minaj and Drake with me. And we're bouncing. Nice. I'm like, crap. And then he just got Limp Biscuit. Oh, no. Oh, you no. got to solve this before it gets any worse. Come on, Birdman. Okay. Then we left Jacksonville. Oh, thank God. Wow. Any any thoughts on those detour. two? Yeah, we're not really ever going to go into corn again. The corn podcast is officially over, I think, at this point. John Davis has a really cool mic stand that HR Geiger designed. I'm pretty sure, couldn't confirm, but I heard once upon a time that there were only three ever made. One Geiger kept. John Davis got one because it was commissioned by John Davis, I do believe. And the third one was sold to charity uh, charity auction. So Dope. It I is a really, who would really get cool it in a charity auction. Who would stand. get it? I don't know. Oh, and HR Geiger, by the way, if you don't know, is the guy who created the alien from Aliens. So, awesome. Yeah. Maybe I have it. <laughs> just somewhere. Who knows? Your Maybe. Garage. We're, someone's going to find it someday, just in a garage sale. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, so we are back on the road to St. Augustine, so let's keep going here. God, um, what a detour. What a detour. Terrible detour. Uh, let's put on Highwayman by Glenn Campbell. What a great song. Yeah. Love that song to death. It's so much fun to imagine. It's such a great, like, I died as a highwayman back in the 1800s, and then I'm brought back to life as, like, a normal person. But, like, that, it goes back to that whole Augustine idea of the body and the soul like his body is being torn away he keeps dying obviously as you do or you get shot you get killed you live a life whatever but his soul keeps going and so when he's in a spaceship you know just as a as a space commander he still feels something deep down in his soul that like he remembers what it's like to be the highwayman and maybe he'll be a highwayman again you know it's great i love that idea the circularness of the song it's just so fun to have like a normal country song that turns into like I'm on a spaceship. <laughs> like, what? That's amazing. And, and Glenn Campbell, obviously, we talked a lot about him last week. Uh, he just passed away, but he's such a great voice. It's just such a mesmerizing song. I really like it. I'll fly a starship across the universe divide. And when I reach the other side, I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Or perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain But I will remain And I'll be back again And then we listened to I Dreamed I Saw Joe Hill last night, which is on brand for us on this podcast, because yeah. that's what we listened to this week. I Dreamed I Saw St. Augustine. Yeah. Speaking of St. Augustine, White Crosses against me. Yes. He is walking through the streets of St. Augustine. Paint a picture. What's he seeing? Um, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hot, hot sauce places. Hot sauce places. Yeah. People. Ostrich jerky. Ostrich jerky. Girls running with their hair bobbing in the back. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of white crosses. And a lot of white crosses. But you explained to me what you said. Yeah. And he's on San Marco Avenue. 
Yeah, outside the fort, I would imagine. I'm not 100% sure which one it is, but this fort's called Castillo de San Marco. So I would imagine nice, it's right nice. next to the goddamn fort. Oh, that'd be a nice place to take a walk. Yeah. Sounds nice. As long as it's not on fire. Yes. As <laughs> St. Augustine is want to do. As want to do. So <laughs> don't kick white crosses because they might be in a friction to catch on fire. Uh, then we had a band, uh, a band of horses, uh, St. Augustine. I don't really care about band of horses. Yeah, they were very specific. Uh, they had their the moment in like 2012 and it's over. For me, it was this record, 2009. So oh, wow, okay. Yeah, even further along than that. Although, he's it's a great voice. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Um, Augustine by The Slow Show, get the fuck out of here. That, that song really is cool. fucking great. What a great find. What a great voice. Yeah. I mean, I didn't find it. I typed Augustine, and that came up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, <laughs> what a great accidental find. Yeah, no, I got the record. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's on my long list, because his voice is great. It's like Iggy Pop with mm-hmm. Glenn Danzig mixed all together. Nice. I like it a lot. I like somebody's suggestion about the monuments as to tear down all the Confederate monuments and put up monuments to Glenn Danzig, and nice. then everyone will be happy. Yeah. I, I'd be happy. And I'd then, be perfectly fine. And then you wouldn't even have to embellish, because that dude is built as hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Be, I know, right? You'd have to tone him down a little. <laughs> Your proportions, yes. they're unrealistic. We're taking away the veins. No, you can't take that vein. you got to negotiate the veins. I'm crying blood again. Great song uh, from an artist that's going to show up a lot uh, that I love, Aaron Lee Tasjian, Florida Man. Great song because Florida Man is a meme and that's he's commenting on the meme as it's, it's, you're more than that, Florida Man. But it, Also, not. it's a great song. An ode to a Florida Man, if you will. That's very nice. He'll show up a lot more. Living Saints by the Polar Bear Club. That's good. I've never listened. Oh, really? That, yeah. that was um, the record after this was the soundtrack to my driving into Colorado. Mm. I listened to that for like the first like two or three months. Uh, like driving to DirecTV and doing all that shit. So I love Polar Bear Club. Uh, his voice went, so he no longer can do oh. those growling voices. So they released a record in 20, I want to say 12, 13, uh, with basically just clean vocals. And I don't think it went over well. So hmm. I didn't really care for it. But it's kind of unfortunate. Your voice goes and you're a very specific type of music. So I hope they come back. I think I'd be much more open to listening to it now than I was before. Uh, and then Iron and Wine, which kind of goes along with that band of horses type of stuff but mm-hmm. iron and wine i ride or die for them uh for for sam and he's got a new record actually coming out later on this month which we will definitely be listening to but i love grace for, for saints and ramblers i think it's great yeah. i love the way that he just riffs those words off uh, i think he's one of the best lyricists out there right now he's it's nice when he sings it's nice. He has a nice <laughs> voice that's that's the, about as much praise as we can get out of you yeah. uh, augustine by blood orange that was weird yeah, uh, I liked it. it. For some reason, it made me instantly think of the song Goodbye Horses by uh, right. Q Lazarus. Uh, I don't know what that is. So, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Clerks 2. There's yeah. a really weird scene with Jay outside of the fast food place where he's staring straight into the camera and he's like, I'd fuck me. Would you fuck me? 
and then you start singing this song. Goodbye, <laughs> So yeah, it's just like weirded me out the second I listened to it. That's it's amazing. Just like that, yeah. Oh, that's so good. No, I did not have that. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we have a song. Uh, we're on our way out. We're almost done. We're leaving St. Augustine, roughly. Uh, a song called In the Mission of St. Augustine by so, New Orleans. Yeah, that's the oldest mission in America. Nice. Oldest Christian mission. Uh, but how, what do we think about the Orioles? That's a great song. I mean, yeah, it's a good song. Right, like from right. The 50s. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I figured it. I was like, oh yeah, forty-four to fifty-two. I think is there. Let's do it. Yeah, it's great. I enjoyed it. And then, um, and as we left St. Augustine, we started getting that that guilt engine just started revving up. So Gatsby's American Dream, the guilt engine, before we drive off. So something's happening in the story. We'll let you paint paint the picture however you want it. You're probably thinking about corn. You're probably like. <laughs> God damn, why did I listen to so much corn? Why did I listen? Why did I do this to myself? So the guilt engine's going. I love Gatsby's American Dream. That is a band that unfortunately just disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened to them. Triumphantly, we leave St. Augustine. And we're banging. We laugh at danger and we break all the rules by against me. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, the first time I listened to Reinventing Axl Rose, I was like, this is... This is an anthem for anyone that's ever lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. It just is so fucking desperate to leave. Yeah. If we don't get out of here, Florida takes us. Yeah. 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 And it just, yeah. I don't know. This album, I, I, I like. Not only just Florida. So I mean, I saw it as a anthem for me, too, in Virginia. Yeah, just like, I gotta get out Anybody, but for somebody just to be screaming the words, if Florida there's takes no us, hope for us. Yeah. Everyone down with us. <laughs> yeah. Just like, man, yes, I lived, I lived the life. Yep. My friend, thanks. And it's sad a lot of people don't get out of it. So yeah. if you're one of those people, it's never too late to leave. Let me I tell mean, you I that. got a lot of friends yeah, that are still, yeah. still stuck, man. And if you think you ever wanted to leave, I recommend leaving wherever you are. Doesn't Just really, go. Just doesn't matter. Go. Just go. You will not regret it. I promise you. Don't and die do, in your hometown. Don't die in your hometown. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Should have done that instead of driving to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we drove on to Miami, which – Missed opportunity to play Miami by against me. I know. I was like, four songs? Yeah, I put it on there. And then I was like, it's got to stop. Just like that. And that was before we even envisioned the road trip. So I was like, just throw everything on there. Not fair. Not fair. Um, Poison, but I don't even know how to say this. S-N-D-N-G chills. I'm assuming it's Sending Chills. Sending Chills. Or Sending Chills. No, you're right. Uh, Poison by Sending Chills. I really like that. Um, It was very ephemeral. Chet Fakery. I liked it a lot. Man, you've... I'm glad you're here. You've got a great, <laughs> great stuff to say that makes sense, you think. To some people, I guess, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Chet Fakery? Well, it sounds like Chet Faker. Chet Faker. Yeah. Okay. Who's like another indie electronic mm-hmm. artist. I believe you. Of. I believe it. This good, doesn't good sound stuff. like a fake artist at all. If you haven't listened to Chet Faker, you should. His two albums are great. So nice. Just, there you go. I guess it's recommendation time. Uh, <laughs> Ultimate by Denzel Curry. Curry. That was Denzel the, Curry. That's right. Yeah, these are all from South Florida. I, I try to look up like artists in Florida, and everyone's in South Florida. Yep. Speaking of artists in South Florida, snowing in Miami. Trick, Trick Daddy. Daddy. I felt the only reason we went to Florida, we went to Miami from St. Augustine, is to have Trick Daddy continually Basically. on this. Uh, otherwise, it would just feel weird to go from St. Augustine and then just have Trick Daddy, and then it, it's And then over. we drove for six hours, <laughs> and now it's done. Yeah. So we had to listen to some other stuff along the way. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, hip-hop musicians that have come out of South Florida, um, especially the Miami-Dade area. Um, there's been a huge, like, 
classist poverty issue, specifically, obviously, African-American people being getting the shit end of the stick. I remember being growing up in, in South Florida. There was one time, uh, like, Liberty City was a place that you don't go. And oh, and uh, there was an armored vehicle one time that flipped over on the highway right off of I-75, I think. Oh, and uh, everybody went and grabbed all the money. And there was, like, the big news story because this one little kid turned in some of the money. Nice. And it's just like... Just weird, like shit, like that. So it's it's makes a lot of sense that I mean I think Trick Daddy is like I don't know he's like this culmination of everything that is South Florida and just like I mean does, so he does he does it man he just does it and like of course my brother has some like fantastical tale of a friend of his meeting Trick Daddy and like Yo, Trick Daddy's a bitch and blah, blah, blah. like come <laughs> on man come it's on Trick Daddy I was like yes I'm sure you were hanging out at the same fucking checkers that Trick Daddy was at I'm sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but but doesn't it sound like real? Like it, it does, and be... just like, and he's always repping like the U stuff, you know, the hurricane yeah. stuff, and it just all feels very entrenched. It, it just yeah. uh, Miami, like he's Miami never probably been anywhere else. Yeah. He just lives and breathes South Florida. Trick Daddy is Miami, is South Florida. Yeah, and with that, we decide to jump into the Atlantic Ocean and sink Florida, sink because we're never going back to Florida. <laughs> I just gotta tell you that. This is a one one and done deal. Yeah. I don't I don't see us I don't see us going back. Now, when we get those Caribbean winds from Bob Dylan, I think we're going to take a flight out of Atlanta and just head right to the Caribbean. <laughs> we're not going to Miami. So, uh, this is this is the end. Uh, of course, against me a great song. I love mm-hmm. anything against me as you know. We're going to see him in like 3 weeks. We'll have to report back. So, not, um, all right, so let's finish quickly. Obviously, I did crazy book recommendation monument uh, you know, pedestal stuff for me, but let's recall what we um, what we recommended for the week, just for the listeners out there. We won't go deep into them. Oh yeah, Dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. And um, I want to recommend, in addition to uh, you know, obviously I said page ninety nine, document seven, Mountain Goats. I already mentioned, but I also want to recommend People's History of the Civil War, uh, which is again, if you read history from on high, stop doing that. Read about people. Read about actual human beings, North and South. It doesn't fucking matter. Everyone was affected in all different ways, and it's better to know that history and how war is brought from on high down to the local level and to see what it does to people to truly understand what's going on. And then pretty much anything Eric Eric Foner, that's the best place to start. So I would recommend um, anything Civil War related, but he's an expert in Reconstruction. So I would recommend classic Reconstruction, America's Unfinished Revolution, 1863 to 1877. Because it's a masterpiece. So that's what I recommend. Reading time. And then go out and chop down monuments. That's basically what I want you to do. That's your homework. Find a monument, take it down. Yeah. But we're in a bunker. We don't really have monuments here. And if you're in Miami, start a hip-hop career. Started from the bottom, now we're here. And like, check out some awesome, like fun Cuban places and Colombian places. There's just like... Go so to Ripley's great. in St. Augustine. For as shitty Florida is, there's a lot of good culture and, like, there's some good people there. Oh, no. just, Before just we stay. she becomes an it's apologist, okay. we're going to have to it's go. It's okay. There's so Florida man, you know, it's okay. Trick Daddy's going to save us. <laughs> Trick Daddy for president. Trick Daddy. Trick Trina. Daddy 2020. Trina. Trina. <laughs> Trina's first lady. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Trick Daddy 2020. Let's do Fuck it. Fuck President Trump. Yeah. Hell Yeah. President Trick Daddy. Miami in the White House. Miami in the White House. <laughs> See you in 2020, bitches. Bye. Bye. I'm not looking for.